Welcome back to a Love Like This podcast. We are so glad you are here. Join us as we share the stories, memories, and messages that help shape not just our lives, but the lives of our incredible guests. Together with some of our amazing friends, inspirations, and teachers, we bring you stories of faith journeys, life lessons, and advice, all centered around building an abundant life. You have a place here, you have a purpose here. So here we go. everyone we hope you had a wonderful week today we are joined with the one and the only christian brevere she is a wife to arden brevere who is the author of the book called redefined confronting the labels that limit us yes i feel like here at a love like this we talk about um ways that we can live a more abundant life and how a love like this changes everything and christian does an amazing way of explaining how a love like this the love of god changes the way we should see labels that we put on ourselves so we were so blessed and thrilled to have had this conversation with christian she is so incredibly wise and has a lot to say about um redefining the labels that we place on on ourselves and how we can untie them and get out of them so we hope you guys enjoy this conversation and shout out to you christian we are so thankful for the newfound friendship that we have with you enjoy Um, so my my journey with faith honestly started in my home. I was raised by uh, amazing parents, an amazing family, and uh, I don't know if you have this in Australia, but we have something called the Bible Belt in America, and it's kind of like the southern states are known as you're very religious, you're really devout, but sometimes it becomes more of a lifestyle or um, a label more than a relationship. So. I always knew of Jesus, but I like to say I really met God uh, for myself around college. And that's when I kind of gained a deeper understanding of, hey, Jesus really loves me. Like he died specifically for me, not so that I would live a life that he approves of, but so that I could live a life enriched with knowing him and and walking in the fullness of what that looks like. And, you know, honestly, that was a game changer for me and what it even meant to be a believer, because I think sometimes we think, okay, I'm a believer whenever I have this, this, and this in check, or whenever I live a life that's like, I'm preaching to people or I'm on a stage or I have a platform, but, you know, in all honesty, it's, you know, we know this, it's so much bigger than that. And it's so much more fulfilling, honestly, just to know Jesus. So I like to say that's really when my relationship started was probably when I was in college in 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's so, that's so good. Um, So your husband Arden recently released a book called Redefined. Could you talk to us a little bit about this book? What's in it? We want to know everything about it. Oh my goodness. Again, how much time do you have? There's (laughs) so much good things in there. I honestly, I'm just so proud of him and I know he can hear me from the other room so he's probably (laughs) blushing as I say this but I'm just so proud of him for releasing this because it's for everyone but it's specifically targeted to our generation and the next generation and it really combats the things that we face day to day and a lot of the labels that we've put on ourselves even here in the beginning of 2021 we've seen how many labels it feels like there are coming that we can accept for ourselves or even that we can put on other people. And it feels like every day we kind of see this, um, this tension arise of people kind of coming at each other instead of coming together. And what I love about redefine is the subtitle itself is confronting the labels that limit us. And Mm. that's exactly what labels do. They come and they speak to who we've been 
or who we are in the present, but they don't speak to who we're called to be. Mm. And, you know, when we think of how God calls us, he calls us sons and daughters. And that's what our, um, our ministry is called sons and daughters, because we know that what God calls us is so much bigger than anything the world can call us. Yes, It's so much bigger than anything that we can call ourselves. And it honestly, it does the complete opposite of a label. It doesn't speak to who we've been or even who we are, but calls us further and challenges us to become a better version of ourselves. Even what I was saying earlier, to be more than a Christian, but to be someone that lives for God, someone that is a son or a daughter, ergo, that is an heir of heaven, is a co-heir with Christ. And so that's why I'm, you know, I just can't say enough that I'm proud of him and that it's challenged me. And it's really funny because I think Arden got the book deal two days before our wedding. Oh, and wow. so I didn't really know. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the week before our wedding was just one of those weeks where it's like we had to get our house closed in. We had to get the book deal. Like so many Craziness. things. Where it's like, yeah. If wedding week isn't already stressful <laughs> enough. Yes. <laughs> we had a little, little bonus challenges to go through, but it's so fun. Everything obviously worked out. Yes in the end how it's supposed to but he got that book deal probably two days before our wedding and so I know a little bit about the heart of the message but then as soon as we got married he's like okay I have a manuscript I need to go through it you have a journalism degree do you want to like help me with this yeah "Yeah, of course (laughs) and it was fun because I really got an up close um front row seat to the message and was challenged by it as we were going through it and even the idea of redefining labels was how do you take regret and make that a good thing? How do you take brokenness Mm. and make that a good thing? So it spoke to me and it challenged me. And if anyone is thinking, Hey, I have been labeled something or I have been walking under a false identity for too long. I encourage you. I don't know if this is video, but I encourage you to get the book uh, wherever you can get it today. Oh, so so good. So let's go back to your ministry, Sons and Daughters. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Like what you guys are doing with it? I've seen a few videos on Sons and Daughters TV. Um, But yeah, just telling our listeners a little bit about what that ministry looks like. Yeah, I'm glad you said TV too, because it's (laughs) Sons and Daughters TV. Some people were like, are you the band, Sons and Daughters? I'm like, no, that's not (laughs) not what we're gifted. We don't sing. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, Sons and Daughters TV, it's It's a ministry, but it's honestly an initiative targeted at young adults where kind of what I was saying before is we want to see our generation not just come to Jesus, but honestly what the Bible says to grow into that salvation, to grow into being the hands and the feet and the messengers on earth because um, getting saved is an amazing thing. Like We know that heaven rallies and, and cheers whenever someone gets saved, but what happens in the meantime is we don't just sit here on earth and wait for the day that we get to heaven, but we live it out. And if we're going to do that, it's going to take us um, walking in sanctification, walking in relationship and having a deeper understanding of who we're honestly called to be. And uh, it's so fun because we get to do it as a family. You know, my husband and I, obviously we live together, we work together. (laughs) There's a lot of iron sharpening iron (laughs) throughout that. (laughs) <laughs> but we have, um, you know, our brothers and sisters-in-law on with us. And it's really fun to do, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, a lot of what we do as a family initiative, but that's kind of the gist yeah. of what SD is all about. So cool. Mm, I, so I seriously, cool. I love it so much. Um, just going back to the book, what did this book do for you personally? Like being a reader of it, what did it do um, for your relationship with God? 
Our dog is snoring, by the way. So loud. <laughs> <laughs> like we should have just got a separate Zoom call for our dog. Yes, seriously, they could have played it. They could have. Yes, they would have had a good time. <laughs> so the redefined book for me, honestly, is one of those books that kind of reads you more than you read it. As in, you know, there's a lot of personal testimonies that Arden shares in the book, and he really gets vulnerable, which um, vulnerability is so huge to me, and so. I applaud him in doing that. And I know that takes a lot to go there and share that with someone. So when I read it, um, and I think when anyone reads it, you can almost put yourself in his shoes and then even the biblical stories that he shares and and walk through labels that you have seen in your life, whether that's been something you've lived under for years or not even known. Like there's chapters called addicted, broken, lost, doubtful, discouraged, and you know, Paige, Abby, if you asked me, I would say, no, I'm not discouraged. I'm good. But then once you kind of read into some things, you you realize there are some deep wounds. There are some things that I have been discouraged about. Maybe I do have even doubts and, and faith in some areas. And I think it's so important that we wrestle with those in a healthy way and safe places and honestly take those to God so that we're not um, confused or we're not confronting those with things that aren't going to sharpen us, that aren't going to point us back to the word of God. And for me, especially the chapters around regret and brokenness did so much in sharpening and challenging the way I see myself, the way I see my testimony, um, and even how I approach those things. Because I think a lot of times with our generation today, people either have uh, a label that they live by, and say that people have to accept it and it's a part of who they are and you can't speak anything opposite of that or you don't care for them or you have a testimony and you're so afraid to like open up about that because it could seem wrong or it could seem like you're opening a Pandora's box all over again. But I think there is a tension in the middle. Oh, I think I lost a headphone. Can y'all still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Oh, can you? they're back. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I think, okay, good. Sorry, it like completely went out. I think we're back. Anyways, <laughs> um, I, I think there's a tension in the middle that we can live in, in in a way of, you know, I know what I've been through and mm-hmm. I can confidently share about that and how to overcome it because I know I'm no longer that. Yeah, I'm a new yeah. creation. But then there's also, um, how can we go about these things in a way that's not legalistic or absolute? Mm-hmm. Like I see this in your life and I'm mm-hmm. going to call it out for you because I love and care for you. So good. I want to talk to you because like, obviously we're emailing back and forth and you mentioned this theme of identity and like, this is something I don't know about you, Abby, but I'm so passionate about like this idea of identity. Like I got to preach on it, um, like in my high school, um, about our identity in Christ. And I guess like, I think it's like this massive revelant, like prevalent, that's the word. this prevalent issue like in our culture today that like people don't know who they truly are like they're buried under lies or like I used to live my life being like oh I'm just an anxious person like that's who I am um and I think like I just want to ask like how important it how important is it for someone to know who they truly are yeah that's so good I I honestly don't think we can stress enough how important it is and I love that you actually even mentioned um, that you used to either used to think this or people think this, that I'm just this, and especially I'm just anxious. Um, 
I think the mindset is if we accept one, we have to deny the other or vice versa. So if you say I'm an anxious person, that means you live under that. Or if you say, um, you know, there's some people who are like, okay, I'm going to say that I'm not anxious and that's just not going to happen and pretend that there's not this thing in the room that's like obviously a huge elephant that we need to address. And I think the way that we we combat those issues is like you're saying, we have to first know who we are. And then it's like, okay, we know we're, we're coming to the board with this, um, this foundation and this awareness. And so anytime, like say you're building a house and like you have a solid foundation, you're gonna build and things are gonna come up and you know, okay, if there's something faulty that happens or there's something that comes here, you don't just say, guys, it's not there. It's okay, we're gonna build around it. Let's just, you know, cover it up. Like that obviously will impact what you build from here on out. Or if you just say, hey, you know what? That, that's great. We're gonna, we're gonna make that a part of something that's not supposed to be there. Uh, both of those aren't actually dealing with the situation. So if we know, hey, I am called to be a son or daughter of God, and no, I was going to say something else about that. We're not, we're not going to say sorry. Pull, pull that back in. Um, if you say I'm a son or daughter of God, and I know that that means that I am chosen, I'm called, I'm sought after, that I am made whole, um, I'm made perfect in him because of Jesus, not because of anything I can do, then you know, hey, I may be struggling with this, but that means I have a healer that I can go to. Hey, I know that I may um, have a temptation in this area, but I know that God has called me to be an overcomer. So I think what we have to do is, one, trust that the Bible <laughs> is the word of God. And that if we have that as our strengthening, why would we not use that even when it's in anxiety, even when it's in our temptations or our sexuality? I mean, I think we need to give God more credit of, you know, if Jesus walked this earth and walk through everything that we went through. He's going to be able to sympathize with what we come to. And I think some people think, well, God would just be so ashamed if he knew I was even thinking about this. Chances are he already knows you're thinking about it. So why not pull him into the equation? And, you know, one verse that we really try to live by for S&D is 1 Peter 2, 9, I believe. And I should have had it pulled. Yeah, here we go. And it says... But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And for me, that's just so poetic that I could like live by that and feel amazing. But when I break it down, I know, okay, the first part of that, we're a chosen race and a royal priesthood. And that means, you know, not just for the Jews, not for just for the Gentiles, not just for black or white or whatever, but all of us together, one that means in unison, anyone that comes to Jesus can be accepted into that that chosenness and that adoption of sonship that God calls us to. So you're like, I've done too many bad things in my life. I've, you know, I live by whatever mindset, you know that you can wash that away because God invites you into that. We are his own possession. That means he cares for us and he carries us. Um, you proclaim the excellencies of him for me, that means that if I'm proclaiming, hey, I'm an anxious person, I'm proclaiming um, something of fear and of death instead of proclaiming God. So why wouldn't I want to walk in the fullness of who I've called to be? And then you called me out of darkness into your marvelous light. I just think, you know, that right there for me shows me that I am of something more important than myself and that that has so much more power than anything I walk through. And 
that might be going down a different rabbit hole than you meant, Paige. But I just think it's of utmost important that we realize, you know, we're more than even we believe we are and that there is someone that died on a cross to give us a new identity. Yes. Wow. So beautiful. That was so good. So I wanted to ask you, like, how is your life personally changed when you've sort of separated yourself or I guess unwrapped, like what was the analogy that we were talking about before the podcast, like unwrapping yourself from these labels that maybe you've put on yourself and finding your identity in God, because like we've both walked through seasons of life where we've attached our identity or tried to look for our identity in such surface level worldly things. And so like, how has it changed for you to turn away from that rather than like, instead of finding your identity in those things, finding your identity in God, like how has that changed you? And like, how has that changed your every day? Yeah. First of all, I, I wish I could answer this question with y'all's accents because they just sound Ew, so beautiful. No way. We want to do an accent. No way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank I appreciate that. Um, I don't have the typical Alabama accent, but <laughs> oh, goodness. How has my life changed? Um, honestly, in more ways than one. And I think that's true of even what you alluded to of, you know, different seasons and different labels that you pick up. Um, Fighting those will look different and overcoming those will look different. They'll produce different fruit by what we go through and what we um, do to enrich our lives in that area. But for me, I, you know, just, just becoming married, just stepping into um, ministry in a sense for me was a big test. And do I really believe that I am an over overcomer? Do I really believe that I have a new identity or am I going to live by uh, my past? Because as soon as Arden and I got engaged, you know, I was going to become a wife. We were going to do ministry together. Um, I was going to become part of a new family, have a new name. And that all came to a point where I had to kind of look at, um, my past and my future kind of in the same scenario and think, can these two things really interlock? Can the girl that I used to be become the girl that I'm becoming? And, and am I allowed in a sense to do that? And I just remember one day I came to God and I said, God, I think you made a mistake. Like Arden's supposed to marry this pretty blonde girl. That's like never messed up before. And uh, like, she's never sinned. She'd be a much better ministry what like all these things that was painting in my head right and God just said okay like show me that person show me someone that's like never sinned that's never gone through a label that's never messed up and I just kind of realized okay I'm sorry like there's no one (laughs) that person does not exist and for me I was just almost so scared to like open my voice to share things because I thought am I allowed to you know say this am I allowed to even proclaim that God is good if I haven't always been good. And that was just, um, you know, multiple labels were going through my head at that time of like, you're just this, you're just this, you will always be wrapped in this shame, wrapped in this sin and um, in, in this regret. And I had to just simply kind of what you said, Paige, be still and like realize again, that there's nothing that I could do to earn what God wants to bless me with. Um, and even what he wants to sharpen me with, I think that trials are a blessing in a sense too, but there's nothing I can do to deserve that. The only thing I can do is, is walk in it and, and honor what God wants to give me. And so for me, that was huge. And I think that's a lot of people 
even when you're coming to Christ is like, am I ready to accept this gift that God's given me? Like, what have I done for this person to, to love me so outlandishly? And it's the answer is nothing. And instead of a shameful thing, that should be such a huge weight off of our shoulders. So good. Like, so I'm just like listening, like, oh, this is amazing. Um, So like what I was saying before, Abby, <laughs> Abby and I, like we, like have the opportunity to like go back into our high school um and like I guess we can share our story with you like another time but it's quite long um but Abby and I loved our high school so much that's where we found God it was like from grade 10 to year 12 um and we found God there and we loved it so much that we wanted to go back and do ministry like at our high school and like we've just been so blessed for this opportunity to like go um like be invited um like work on a school camp like with the kids um and almost like become teachers almost (laughs) except without the degree um but we speak to young kids all the time and their struggles and their issues. I just want to like grab them by the shoulders and just like shake them and be like, that is not who you are. Like that is not who you are. And I just want to like almost rescue them. And I'm just like, that's not my place to do that. That's God's place. So I guess how can young people, because we have a lot of young listeners, how can they break away these labels that they place on themselves? Like how do they do that? So I have three younger sisters and um, one of them gets married Y'all, in two weeks. Wow. It's so crazy. I can't believe it's that soon. <laughs> um, and then another one's in college and another one's fairly young. Yeah. And so it's been kind of what you're saying. It's been interesting to watch them go through things I've gone through. Yes. And especially when you've walked in it, you do mm-hmm. want to shake them and be like, listen, I know this hurts and I know this feels strong, but like it gets better. Yes. You're so much more mm. worth it. I promise there is good things coming. And um, it's been really neat to see that because I have realized like, man, God was caring for me all along. He's wanting good things for me. And, and as much as I believe in them to overcome things, I know he's championing them as well. Mm. And I think if you're a, a young person listening to this, it's so easy to be wrapped up in what you think and what you feel. We did an incredible podcast with Tom Crandell who talked about this further. If anyone wants to listen to this, he speaks to it way better than I can. But if you're a young person walking through something, I know the weight of the world can feel like it's completely almost enclosing you. But you have to realize that our our viewpoint, our feelings, everything we walk through can only be so limited to what we can experience until we tap into something higher, something bigger than ourselves. I feel like this has become a common question that we ask all of our guests, but I guess it's a thing on our podcast now, but we always ask our guests, if there's one thing you could say to your younger self, what would that be? Uh, A lot of what I just said, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I think the one thing I would tell myself is um, to believe in myself and to love myself the way that God does. Because I know so much of the time that I was, uh, you know, younger from a child to high school, um, even, you know, even time to time, I forget how loved and seen I am by God. And I would live by the mindset of um, if I'm loved, I need to see some fruit of that in my life. Like I need someone to give me attention. I need this person to do this. Like Instead of just waking up and realizing that I, I have breath in my lungs, I am on this earth because someone loves me so much that they gave themselves for me. And that I don't have to prove that to anyone else or to myself, I can walk in it. And that that is a gift from God and anything He bestows on us, He allows us to walk in it. He allows us to to walk it out daily. And I would just tell my younger self, like, please stop 
striving for things that you already have. You just have to look at them in a different way. We hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Christian Brevier. We loved having it. If you guys did enjoy it, please don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and give us a rate on Spotify um, and Apple Podcasts as well.